Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, so thank you for tuning in to talk about the book. I'm Paladin again. Um, thank you for coming back. If you are returning, if you are new, appreciate you stopping by. Uh, hope everything's going well with you. Um, so, week one in the NFL schedule is over now. Actually getting ready to start week two here in a couple hours. Uh, Thursday night football, which I will talk about a little bit towards the end of the episode. But, um, as I said last episode, I made picks for week one. Um, just that I wasn't able to record it. So, you know, weren't able to hear what my picks were, but I did write them down. So I'm going to go over those on this episode as well as, you know, as I go through the picks I made, because once again, I did pick every game and I did it against the spread real quickly. If you don't know what the spread is, the sports books put out a line picking a favorite and an underdog and they set a, a point line of minus or plus or whatever so i picked based off of that um but yeah so picked all 16 games go through them and then as i go through the picks quickly like summarize the game in like a sentence or two and then uh let you know which win i thought was the most impressive from the weekend as well as which loss I thought was probably the worst loss of the weekend. And then, like I said, we'll talk about the Thursday Night Football game. Uh, now, I'll give you the pick, my pick for that game as well. And, yeah, we'll go from there. And then I'll wait with the rest of my picks for um, another episode before the Sunday games. So, with that, um, that means we'll be going back to... Uh, my sounder so obviously if it's a correct pick you will hear that money sound right there and then if the pick was wrong you'll hear booing pretty simple um, but yeah so let's go ahead and get started so the first game of course was last Thursday's game which opened the season which is the Bucks Cowboys uh Bucks were favored at nine and a half. I know it's a big line, but I decided to go with the Bucks because I thought Cowboys had too many questions. And even though, like I said, big line, but I thought the Buccaneers would be the team that would cover that with all their offensive weapons and their returning defense, which was so good last uh, season's playoff during their run. So basically, I mean, it came down to the Bucks did win 31-29, but... According to the line, that counts as a loss for me. Basically, the reason why the Cowboys were able to cover, two words, Dak Prescott. He played great. He looks 
He looks like he's back from the injury. He's clearly the best player on that team. And they need to figure out what's wrong with Zeke because he wasn't productive at all. So they need to take some pressure off of Prescott. Otherwise, they'll be one-dimensional and defenses can game plan for that easily. And the Bucks just, you know, Tom Brady teams usually start off a little slow. But they did get the win, so that was good. Next game was Eagles-Falcons. The Falcons went in as a three-point favorite. I went with the Falcons on this one. And if you saw the game, you would know that the Eagles won 32-6. Another loss. And basically from this game, what did we learn? The Falcons are the same as last year. They can't stop anybody on defense. And offensively, inconsistent. Because they had a great running game in the first half. Nothing in the second half. Calvin Ridley started off great with like five catches in the first quarter. He had like two catches the rest of the game. And uh, for the Eagles... Jalen Hurts looked pretty good, but we just have to wonder, was that because the Falcons' defense is that bad that he looked that good? So we'll be looking to see if Hurts can back that up with a second good game uh, coming on Sunday. And then, you know, maybe Philly will be building to something. Next game, Steelers-Bills. So in this one, I actually went with the underdog. I took the... Steelers giving six and a half to Buffalo. And not only did the Steelers cover, but they actually won it outright. So I on that one. Steelers won 23 of 16. And what happened was Buffalo's offense didn't really show up. That's basically what happened in that one. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, they did enough offensively to win but offensively they don't look like juggernauts either Uh, defensively they were able to put together more plays than Buffalo was able to on offense and that's how they ended up getting the touchdown win let's see next game was Vikings and the Bengals going into that game the Vikings were a three point favorite I went with the Vikings on that one only because I didn't know what Joe Burrow was going to look like in his first game back after missing basically all of last year with the leg injury. But the Bengals ended up pulling out the game 27-24 in overtime. And basically what it was, Burrow looked great. Um, The offensive line, still some questions about, so hopefully he can get through a full season. But I will say, watching the Bengals, Offensively, they're kind of fun to watch because you have Burrow, you have Jamar Chase, who had his drop issues in the preseason, but he looked fine uh, in that game. You have T. Higgins, who's a good complimentary receiver. You have Joe Mixon in the backfield, who's a good young running back. Uh, You also have uh, Tyler Boyd. Because they do run a lot of three wide receiver sets. So when those three guys are out there, I mean, Chase is your speed guy. Uh, Boyd and uh, Higgins are more bigger targets for Burrow. But 
if the offensive line can protect Burrow, I think the Bengals are a team that can put up some points. And then defensively, they have they were, they were you know okay defensive line. They were able to put some pressure on Kirk Cousins, and um, yeah, I mean it was a good win for them. Uh, against the team, like I said, I thought Minnesota was going to pull it out. Not like I think Minnesota is this great team, but I just thought first game, Burrow might have had to knock off some of the rust, but he looked great. So Bengals start off 1-0. and Like I said, that was a loss for me. I think I already played the sound. So go to the next game, 49ers, Lions. Uh, 49ers went into the game, 7.5 point favorite. I picked the 49ers. Uh, yeah, and 49ers pulled it out 41-33, although the game was pretty much out of hand when it was 41-14 to or something like that, but then special teams and defense and all that for 49ers like went to sleep, gave the Lions the line some late touchdowns, made it closer than it should have been, which did have me sweating a little bit because I thought the Lions were going to get like some backdoor cover and you know, give me the loss on that one only because the 49ers stopped playing. They didn't. They barely covered. But hey, a cover is a cover. Um, so with this one, I'm only looking at this game from the point where when it was 41 to 14, the 49ers looked like a complete team, defensively flying around the ball, making plays. Offensively, they are going with like a two quarterback system because Trey Lance did come in. And I believe he threw a touchdown pass on his first pass because Garoppolo led the offense to the red zone, brought in Lance. He threw it. It was like an out route to the left corner of the end zone, and they scored there. But clearly that's going to be something that's going to be worked going forward. So um, hopefully they can keep Garoppolo healthy for the season. Uh, I know Nick Bosa's missed some time last year, so defensively, hopefully they can keep that together. Then 49ers might be a team to watch uh, come playoff time. Lions are the Lions. I mean, what can I say? New coach, uh, new quarterback after they swapped Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. Um, it's going to be a struggle for Detroit, but... Maybe with the late game, uh, late push that they made in this one to make the score more uh, respectable. Maybe they can build off of that and surprise some teams who may take them lightly. That's going to be something to watch going forward. Next game, we have the Cardinals and the Titans. Uh, Let me see. So the Titans... I went with the Titans, who were minus three. They were the favorite going into this game. And this game did not turn out anyway, anywhere close to what I thought it was going to be. So the Cardinals rolled on the Titans 38-13. to Kyler Murray was outstanding. And a lot of times I don't really like going against Kyler Murray because I like Kyler Murray's game. And in this one, he had five touchdowns. I believe he had four passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. But then 
defensively, I mean, they swarm that Titans offense. Chandler Jones at five sacks. Yes, five sacks. Um, there was something interesting with the Titans. Uh, Julio Jones got like some unsportsmanlike penalty or something with Vrabel addressed, and he said that they don't stand for that. So maybe that's a relationship that we need to watch. Julio and Mike Rabel. We'll see. But definitely disappointing for a team in Tennessee that a lot of people think could possibly be there in the end and make it to a Super Bowl. You know, with their the offense with Derrick Henry and Tannehill looking different than the guy who was in Miami. They brought over Julio Jones to pair with A.J. Brown to create a two-headed passing attack to take some of the pressure off of Derrick Henry. But after this game, we didn't see it. Doesn't mean we won't see it for the rest of the season. Just game one, they didn't all come together. Maybe it'll take them some time to get it uh, gelled and really get going offensively. Next, we had Seahawks and the Colts. I went with the Seahawks as the three-point favorite in this one, and Seattle covered. They went twenty. They won twenty-eight to sixteen. So it's a win. Um, once again, you guys know how I feel about Russell Wilson. I think that he's probably the second best quarterback in the league, behind everybody's favorite Mahomes, but. You know, we can we can you know argue about that, but Russell Wilson's clearly a, at least top three for me. Um, and there was a play in this game where the Colts tried to bring pressure on Wilson, and he like backed up, almost like he threw off his back foot, threw a perfect floater down the middle of the field to Tyler Lockett, who had to adjust, and it w- it was just just a great play. Tyler Lockett had two touchdown receptions in this game Uh, Colts had trouble with him all game and that connection between Wilson and Lockett I mean expect to see more touchdowns out of those two and for the Colts you know it was the first chance we got to see of Carson Wentz there was a little bit of struggles there uh well, I mean, he had two touchdowns, but, you know, it was a, I don't know, the Colts didn't really play as well as some would have expected, because the Colts are another team that people are watching in the AFC. Once again, like I said with Tennessee, it is just game one, so I'm not going to harp too much on that, but, but hey, maybe the Seahawks have something going. Because they did try to fix the offensive line. And, uh, I mean, Wilson got sacked three times, but, I mean, it's not too bad. You don't want to see that week after week, but, you know, if it's three sacks here and then maybe they keep him clean next week or something like that, you can take that. And the Colts have a, you know, decent front seven, so it's not unexpected to give up some sacks to them. Uh, let's go to the next game. We got Chargers and the Redskins. So this is another one where I went with the underdog. And 
took the Chargers, who were uh, plus one, which is, I mean, very razor thin, you know, underdog favorite line there, just one point. So I took the Chargers because I'm expecting big things from Justin Herbert uh, this year. They made the change that coach went from Anthony Lynn to Brandon Staley. So I think that's an improvement coaching wise. Anthony Lynn by the end of last season just seemed like he was in over his head and they did have, I mean, they had to make that move. So here we are. Herbert didn't disappoint through for 337 yards, led a fourth quarter comeback because going into the fourth, they were down 16-13, but got a touchdown drive in the fourth quarter to put them up 2016. And they held Washington off the board. Washington's have to deal with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who did get hurt. I believe he hurt his hip. He's on IR. Uh, they're going with is it Tyler or Taylor? I think it's Taylor Heineke. You may remember him from the playoff run last year. Um, he was the starter then. Questions came about Cam Newton because of Ron Rivera. But Ron Rivera shot those down. So looks like Heineke's the guy going forward. And they do play tonight, like I said, towards the end of the episode here. I will talk about Thursday Night Football. But, yeah. So Chargers got off. Good start. 1-0. and And in that division, you know, they, they're trying to fight in that pack with the Raiders and Broncos as the number two team behind Kansas City. Like I said, I think Herbert could be the second best quarterback in that division. So Chargers are an interesting team to watch this year. Next game was the Jets and the Panthers. Uh, This is another one where I went with the underdog. I took the Jets at plus four. Uh, And this was the, what, the Sam Darnold bull as... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How ironic is it that the Jets uh, traded Darnold to Carolina? Did they trade him or was he just a free agent assigned there? Either way, he went from the Jets to Carolina in the offseason. And, of course, the first game of the season was Jets-Panthers. So that was a funny little scheduling quirk there. But Darnold ended up getting the win over his former team. Like I said, Panthers won 19-14. So and 
I mean, it was low scoring, 19 to 14. Zach Wilson to get his first touchdown pass, so congratulations to him. He clearly is more comfortable when the scripted play breaks down and he can kind of improvise. So other teams are going to learn to keep him in the pocket. That's clearly where he's less comfortable. Uh, Darnold looks improved only because he has better pieces around him in Carolina and has a better coach in Carolina. He has Robbie Anderson, who's a good downfield threat. They hooked up for a touchdown in this one. Uh, I mean, both teams are pretty much rebuilding. Panthers are a little further along, but not really expecting much out of these two teams this year. So, eh, you know, good one for Sam Darnold. Going up against, like I said, the Jets team where he dealt with a lot of scrutiny from the New York media that really got on him, even though you couldn't blame all of the Jets' struggles on him. So, I'm sure he's smiling a little bit wider after that one. Next game was the Jaguars and the Texans. I took the Jaguars as a three-point favorite over the Texans, and this is another one. Did not go the way that I thought it was going to go because the Texans ended up winning 37 to 21 to be honest with you I didn't know the Texans had it in them to put up 37 points at any point this season you know they had Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback I'm not bashing Tyrod Taylor in any way but he's more of the ball control you know short intermediate type passing at least that's what he's known for but there were some times in this game where he, you know, rolled out either to his left or his right, looked downfield, made plays downfield, uh, shook off um, oncoming rushers to extend the play, made plays downfield. And, I mean, once again, both teams are rebuilding. The Texans, we know, have that big cloud with Deshaun Watson over them what's going to happen there but at least for one game they put it all behind them put forth a great effort put up big points with 37 other side I mean it was Trevor Lawrence Urban Meyer their first game together Trevor Lawrence got his touchdown pass first of his career so congratulations to him but um I guess story in Jacksonville as well. People are asking Urban Meyer about the USC job already. I mean, it's been one week and already getting questions about it. So we'll have to see if that becomes a distraction as the year goes on. Um, but yeah, Texas got to win. Some people thought they were going to go on 17. So, hey, they've already beaten that. Let's see. Next game, Browns and the Chiefs. Once again, I went with the underdog here. I took the Browns as the five and a half point underdog um, against the Chiefs. The Chiefs did win 33-29, but they only won by four. So the Browns did cover. This is a win for me. Um, funny thing with this game, if you saw the playoff game last year between these two, it was basically the same script in this one. 
Cleveland got out early, looked like the better team, looked like they were going to, you know, um, wash off that sting from the playoff loss and get a win against Kansas City. Yeah, did not happen. And I think what did it was the end of the first half, there was a sequence where, um, so basically all first half, Cleveland was playing really aggressive with going for it on fourth downs, all this kind of stuff. Because they had the mentality that kicking field goals was not going to do with Kansas City because they could put up points quickly. I understand that. Fine with it. But it was late in the first half, I think like less than 15 seconds in the second quarter. Uh, they made a play downfield. They were well within field goal range, but instead of kicking the field goal to end the half, they went for it to try to get a touchdown, which I guess they thought would have been the nail in the coffin. But the play didn't work, and they didn't even score. So they went into the half 22-10. They were leading, and the Chiefs came out, and they just... Like I said, like last year, they came out on fire and they outscored the Browns in the second half, 23-7, and that's what led to them getting the comeback win. So Mahomes made plays like he does. Um, The offense, we know what it is. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, both those guys scored. But for Cleveland, it's a reminder that They have to play smart to beat teams like Kansas City. But it was reassuring, I guess, to them that they can hang with a team like Kansas City. And they just have to make a couple adjustments here and then they could be put into that upper group in the AFC. So, like I said, going forward, if the Browns can fix those errors, I mean, they're not going to play Kansas City every week. So, you know. They may have lost to Kansas City this week, but they go up against like Pittsburgh or Baltimore or something. They play the way they did. They'll probably get a win. So I'm not down on Cleveland. I still think Cleveland's going to be, I think Cleveland's going to win that division. And that was from the last episode where I predicted all the divisions, but I did pick Cleveland to win the AFC North. And what I saw Sunday does not make me question that pick at all so they may have lost but they they still look good all right next game uh so my patriots went up against the dolphins i took the patriots as the three-point favorite it was mac jones versus tua tonga viola former alabama quarterbacks mac jones backed up uh tonga viola then he left for the NFL. Mac Jones got his chance to play. And here we are. First week, the two of them go up against each other. And we know how the offseason went. Mac Jones, Cam Newton had a quarterback battle. Mac Jones ultimately won the battle. They released Cam Newton. He was the game one starter. I got to say, I was impressed by him. He made NFL worthy throws, he showed mobility in the pocket. I deserved to get the win because and, and he did get his first career touchdown pass as well but he was as advertised accurate quarterback may not have the strongest arm ball but I did see him throw some some tight window throws 
Um, the defense was up and down. They did give up some, a couple of big plays in the passing game, but uh, they did kind of hunker down towards the red zone and kept the Dolphins out of the end zone a couple of times. Actually held the Dolphins scoreless in the fourth quarter. It was just the name of the game was two costly fumbles from Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris for the Patriots that killed drives that could have led to scores. Well, the Damian Harris one was in the red zone when Mac Jones had was leading the team down to take the go ahead score late in the fourth quarter, but Harris fumbled and that was the game. So a lot of positives for New England going into their next game with the Jets this weekend. And then for the Dolphins, I mean, Tua played well. And I mean, for both teams, their defense is going to be their number one, I guess, calling card over the offense, at least for now. But Tua showed that he's NFL. I think he's NFL worthy as well. Once again, it is the first game, so now teams will have more tape on them. We'll see how teams adjust playing defense against them, and if he can make those adjustments in himself to combat that, we'll have to take. A, we'll have to watch that as the season goes on. But watching these two teams, they're kind of in the same boat. Probably gonna slot in behind Buffalo and fight for a wild card. And it makes sense. You know, Brian Flores, the coach of the Dolphins, came from Belichick's staff. So they think the same way and build their teams the same way. All right, let's see. All right, we're coming out to the last few games here. Uh, next game was the Packers and the Saints. Uh, I took the Packers as a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. And, yeah, Saints blew them out. So that was a loss. I guess the LASIK surgery did wonders for Jameis Winston. Why he waited this long, I'll never know. But he had five touchdowns. Um, and we know with the Hurricane Ida and all that, the Saints played, I think they played this game in Tallahassee because they can't use, you know, their stadium in New Orleans right now as they're cleaning up and all that. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But the story of this game was Green Bay. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard me as well on here say, not as enamored with Aaron Rodgers as a lot of analysts are and a lot of people you'll see on YouTube and all kind of stuff. He just doesn't do it for me. So watching him struggle against the Saints defense did make me smile, I will say. To me, I think this whole diva act that he's been doing with Green Bay the past couple of years 
I feel like the Packers need to. Uh, what am I looking for? I guess man up. Call Aaron Rodgers bluff. Stop folding to all of his demands and all this kind of stuff. Because he cries about he doesn't have weapons there, but he has Devontae Adams, who's a top three wide receiver in the league. He has Aaron Jones, who's a top running back in the league. Um, he whined to get Randall Cobb or whatever there and all this kind of stuff. And he put up three points. He made passes in that game that looked like he could care less about playing football at this point. Um, and I think his mentality and his body language and all and all that kind of stuff, I think it had an effect on the team in this game. Now, I don't know if that's going to carry all year. I, I don't know. But Green Bay is a team that, like I said, a lot of these analysts think could be dangerous in the NFC because the NFC isn't as deep as the AFC. But based on what I saw and what I think about Aaron Rodgers, I think it's just going to be another year of high expectations, but not re- not even coming close to reaching any of it. But that's just me. That's that's just me saying that. So once again, I'll be keeping an eye on Green Bay. Let's see if they bounce back this week. Um, not sure who they play. For some reason, I think they play the Vikings or something, but like I said, we'll get into that another episode when I do week two picks. Alright. Next game. Broncos and the Giants. So I took the Broncos as the three-point favorite in this one. The Broncos ended up winning 27-13. Covered. That's a win for me. Um, Broncos really are an intriguing team to me. I like the way that they play. They play uh, great defense. They have Von Miller and Chubb um, in the front seven. Then they have um, like corners who, you know, can play the ball in the air. They, you know, run with wide receivers, play tight coverage. I mean, the defense is predicated on Von Miller and Chubb getting pressure, but. Yeah, they fly around. Then offensively, Teddy Bridgewater looked like the guy who played with the Saints when Breeze missed some games and Bridgewater came in, played well, didn't turn the ball over. Actually pushes the ball downfield a little bit more than he did when he was with Carolina. And he still rocks the two gloves, which he might be the only quarterback who does that. I think Tyrod Taylor might do it too, but it works for him. And he made plays with his legs. He took a big hit on a scramble. Kind of like laughed it off or something. So he's definitely having a good time out in Denver. And with that defense, and if Bridgewater can play mistake-free football, they have some they have weapons on offense. I mean, Jerry Judy did get hurt. So we'll have to see what that does to the offense going forward. But I would not be surprised if the Broncos took a wild card spot. I, I got to say, I like what they're doing out there. 
And plus, with the whole added advantage of playing in Denver when other teams come in and the high altitude and all that, I don't know. I don't know. Broncos are, are a team to watch. Giants, I mean. Yeah. The Giants have offensive weapons. Problem is, the offensive line isn't that good. So if they could figure that out somehow, give Daniel Jones time, Giants aren't, they're not a terrible team. I think the ceiling for them this year is probably going to be, can they be, can they be just average? Just try to be average. Because in that division, average will keep you in it long into the season. So, also, I I feel like, and this is New York, they, they do this a lot because they did it with Sam Darnold, like I said, with the Jets. I think New York is, well, I mean, they started turning on Daniel Jones last year, but it seems like they are waiting to completely turn on him this year. And, and I actually think Daniel Jones has a lot of talent because he can, he's a dual threat. He's very comfortable scrambling around. He can pick up first downs with his legs. He's got a good arm. It's just, they need to protect him better. Plus, Saquon Barkley came back this year, but he doesn't look right. So until Barkley gets going, then it just puts more on Daniel Jones. So I'm not writing the Giants off yet. I mean, I did. I think I picked the Giants to finish. Maybe last in that division. I can't remember. But um, I mean, out of the NFC East teams this past weekend they did look like the worst team but like I said I think there is room to improve there they just got they just got to get that offensive line fixed alright now we are into the Sunday night game which is Rams I took the Rams as a 7.5 point favorite which is another big line I felt comfortable with this one and the Rams won 34-14. to 14. <coughs> A win. Uh, this one, it was all about Stafford and the offense. I mean, based on how the Lions played and the Rams played, I know it's different pieces around the two quarterbacks, but clearly the Rams got the better of that deal, which we knew. We, knew, we know that Stafford is a better quarterback than Goff. That's a given. But... I mean, he seems like, I guess, the piece that Sean McVay's been needing to really unlock this offense. Um, With their lack of, I guess, depth at the running back, they're going to have to rely heavily on the passing game. But they have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Those two, they're a problem for, for opposing defenses. And then defensively, you have Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, of course, up front. You got Jalen Ramsey on the back end. They're going to be a problem. If Stafford can, I guess, handle the pressure that's going to come throughout this season with the Rams being a team that people are looking at with the offensive weapons, the defensive guys that I just said, 
and they feel like Stafford is the missing piece to get them back to a Super Bowl and possibly win one this year, then the Rams should be fine. On the other side, I said this before the week one game started. The fact that Matt Nagy went with Andy Dalton to start the game, fine, whatever. If you just wanted to do that just to give Fields a chance to sit back for a week, cool. Fields came in, threw a touchdown pass. Congratulations to him, first career one. And it just seemed like the team loved the fact that he was out there. Not saying that they don't like playing for Dalton and all that kind of stuff, because Andy Dalton is a quality quarterback. I know he gets... um, this bad rep for, you know, playing in Cincinnati and blah, 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 and the struggles they went through with that organization. But remember, he did lead that team to the playoffs a few times. So that's got to mean something. But I think Nagy needs to go ahead and put Fields in as the starting quarterback sooner rather than later. If you want to give him another week, fine, but it has to be at least by week three where Fields is the starting guy because I don't the ceiling is not high with Dalton with this group and Fields like I said it may not be much higher but at least it'll be more exciting and you can understand that they're building towards something if you're starting Dalton over him you kind of get off the impression that his veteran presence is what's going to get you over the top, and I, I just don't see that, so I don't see the point in playing him. I think having him there as a backup, cool, because you know if Field struggles or he gets hurt from scrambling around and all kinds of stuff, you feel good with Dalton going in there. But starting him over Fields just doesn't make sense to me. And I think they have Nick Foles there as well, which I don't, I don't understand that. Clearly, you need to deal with one of those guys because, I mean, if Nagy tries to, like, redshirt, well, he's not going to redshirt him because he did bring him into the game, but if he's just going to go with, like, Dalton and Foles starting and then Fields is some gimmick uh, quarterback with a couple of plays here and there every game, I think it's going to be a waste of a year and it makes no sense. But, yeah, so... Maybe there's some optimism with the Bears if they put Fields out there. All right, now to the final game of the week. It was Ravens Raiders on Monday night. I went with the underdog Raiders in this one, who were four point underdog against the Ravens. The Raiders ended up pulling it out 33 27 in overtime, so that's another win. And what can I say about this game? Well, I will say. The Thursday night game between Tampa Bay and Dallas was great to watch to start the week. And then to end the week, Raiders-Ravens was an incredible game. So much fun watching that one. Um, I don't want to go overboard with the Raiders. I mean, this is a good win against a Baltimore team. Um, they have... The pieces to be pretty good with Derek Carr and uh, Josh Jacobs in the backfield, as well as Kenyon Drake. You got Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro in the passing game. 
So the pieces are there. Defensively, a little less enthusiastic about it, but, you know, it's an offensive league anyway. Uh, so I'm, I'm in the middle with the Raiders because I could see them completely bottoming it out, bottoming out and being terrible this year. But then I could see them as being one of the surprise teams in the AFC where teams have kind of dismissed them. And if you're not careful, Darren Waller can put up 100-yard games on you. Henry Ruggs can break off a 50-yard touchdown pass on you. And Derek Carr is easily top half quarterback trying to think quickly in my head maybe you can make an argument as a top 10 quarterback in the league based off of ability but he'd be towards the bottom like 9-10 you know um, I've always you know paid attention to the Raiders because of their fan base which probably one of the top fan bases in the league when they were in Oakland and all in LA I mean Vegas seems to have embraced them which I think is great because Vegas is a you know market that you know leagues have started jumping into and I think the Raiders are the perfect team for the NFL to put there so yes Um, then other side real quick Baltimore you know I'm not you know completely gonna you know stomp on their season for losing this one uh lamar jackson looks like he's improved a little bit uh his throwing i do want to see some more there uh he has to work on ball security because he had a costly fumble late when he was trying to scramble and get a few extra yards but you know it was a great game both teams made a case to win the game was just the Raiders made one more play in overtime to pull off the win it was a great play as well because the Ravens brought like an all-out blitz on Derek Carr he was backing up kind of did like the Russell Wilson threw it off his back foot but since he got the pass off the receiver for some reason I want to say it was Waller but I don't think it was Waller it might have been the backup tight end but either way it was a perfectly dropped in pass over the top to him. They won it in overtime. So there you are. Those are my picks from week one. Uh, if you were keeping track, I ended I ended the week eight and eight after pulling off those last three in a row. Eight and eight, great way to start. I'll take that. Interesting though, I went four and one when picking underdogs. So maybe that's gonna be the theme this year. If I pick underdogs, you should do something with it. Like I, that might be where I make my mark with these picks. So as I said, I want to be 60, 60% by the end of the year. Eight and eight, I'll take that for week one because week one, a lot of unpredictability. But hopefully I do much better now that I've seen each team play this first week. So real quickly. Most impressive win from the week for me, I would say. It's close. I like what the Rams showed me. I liked what the Raiders showed me. 
Seahawks as well. I think that Chargers win against Washington, underrated. I'll go with the Rams. I'll say, mm, gotta take opponent into consideration. You know what? I'll say the Saints. I think the Saints one was the most impressive. Only because Jameis Winston looked like the guy, you know, coming out of Florida State. He went number one over, overall for a reason, and you saw it. Great arm talent. Now, apparently, with his vision corrected. Him playing this well. Not going to say he's going to have five touchdown passes every game, of course. But Sean Payton putting him out there, knowing that he will make the right play, and he has the ability to make all the plays, can definitely turn the Saints season around. A lot of people were kind of writing them off as being middle of the pack because... No breeze. Didn't know what we're going to get from Jameis Winston. But he keeps playing like this, then they will be a team that should be uh, a certain playoff team. And then who knows? Once you get into the playoffs, you know, Winston is the, playing like this that he did over on Sunday. Definitely a, a type of quarterback that can win you some games in the postseason. So I would say that was my most impressive win. Worst loss of the weekend. I could turn around and say Green Bay. I'm not going to. Um, I could say Tennessee against Arizona. Mm. I'm going to go with the Falcons, though. So the Falcons, coming into this year, weren't a lot of expectations. But this game against Philadelphia was seen as a game that they should win. They should have had a great chance to win this game. Start your season off well. You know, 1-0 for a team with not a lot of expectations. You don't know where that could take you. Maybe you ride a little high for a little bit. Win a couple games early you're not supposed to. Who knows? But the way that they lost that game, being... Down here in Atlanta, Philadelphia came in with all the questions that they have. That quarterback, new coach. People thought this coach was kind of a joke. Defensive questions, and to get blown out 32-6 to with all the weapons that you have on offense with Calvin Ridley. I mean, not all the but you know, Calvin Ridley. Well, Calvin Ridley, yeah, Matt Ryan. They put Cordero Patterson back at running back, which he did when he was with New England. I like him as a running back. Yeah, Mike Davis, who had a good year for Carolina last year. Um, who else do they have? Oh, Kyle Pitts, the guy that you drafted was a number four or five overall. When some people thought maybe you should take one of these quarterbacks who were coming out. I didn't think that because I think Matt Ryan's fine, but they could have went defensively. I mean, everybody knows they need defensive help, but they went with the tight end. Kyle Pitts played like half the snaps. I barely remember him being out there. I remember him with one catch. I don't know if that's what he ended with. I guess we'll see that real quick. I mean, for all the hype behind him, he actually had four catches, only 31 yards, so not much of an impact. 
like I said, Calvin Ridley had like four catches in the first half of the first quarter and then ended the game with five catches. So nothing there. Uh, the offensive line, it, it's still not that great. Might be a little better than last year, but not that much. I mean, there's, I mean, serious questions about this team and how many games can they really win this year? Not saying they're going to go 0-17. I think I was leaning towards them being like 7-10, and 10, something like that. I mean, that might be pushing it based off the way they played that game. But just the first game, so there is room for improvement. But they played Tampa Bay this week. Do you have any confidence in them performing any better against that Tampa Bay team? Because I don't. So now you're staring 0-2 in your face. Then where does this team go from there? How does the fan base react after that? So, to me, that was the worst loss of the week. So, um, But yeah, so that's how... I guess I'll do these picks and all that every week, you know, because I will pick every game again. And as I recap the games, you know, in the same format, go over my pick, recap a little bit. And we'll just go with that. So now before I get out of here, uh, on to the Thursday night game, it's the Giants against the Washington football team. Side note, apparently there's some big announcement coming tonight during the game. And I think some people think it has to do with hard knocks or something like that. But follow me with this for a little bit. What if the announcement is the new Washington nickname? That'd be pretty big announcement. Um, so definitely watch to see what that's all about. And... So I'm going to try to get this out to you before the game starts. Should be able to. So you can you know, listen to this before the game gets going. Um, let's see. What's the opening? What's the line on the game? So they have Washington as a three and a half point favorite on the Giants. So for my pick to start off week two, I'm going to take the Washington football team minus three and a half to beat the Giants uh, I just think I think Heineke is a decent quarterback he's been in the system so there's no you know no adjustment needed there I think the defensive front for Washington is going to put a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones and going to disrupt a lot of what they want to do expecting a low scoring game but I could see Washington winning this game like 20 to 16 or yeah, like 20 to 16, even like a 17, 13 tie game. I'm expecting, like I said, low scoring and yeah. So the matchup to watch is can the Giants offensive line give Daniel Jones enough time to make plays against that defensive front for Washington. That's I'm, they're going to be coming after him. Chase young. And those guys are, they're not easy to deal with. So if they can do that. The giants have a chance in this game. If you hear chase young's name a lot tonight, 
you know it's a long night for the Giants. Offensively, like I said, Heineke's not going to, you know, set the world on fire, but I think he's steady enough that they can make enough plays to win this game. So, like I said, give me 2016 Washington covering the three and a half as my pick. And, um, yeah. So, with that, that was a lot. But thanks for tuning in. Um, if you are, like I said in the beginning, this is your first time checking out the checking out the podcast, chomp it at the bit. You know, go ahead. Hopefully, you enjoyed what you heard. You can go ahead, hit like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, if you are checking it out on YouTube, hit notification bell. That way, you know when I upload one of these episodes. Um, you can follow me, well, the show as well as myself on Twitter at Chompin Podcast, where I do tweet pretty pretty often during games, and we can interact that way. You can give me ideas for topics as well. Do you know anything? Questions, whatever, and I can bring it on to a future episode or something like that. But um, yeah. So thanks again. Um, as I say at the end of every episode, appreciate you listening in. Uh, be safe out there. God bless. I'll catch you in the next episode. All right, I'm out.